Welcome to No Filter with Kobo. On today's episode, we'll talk about creating a formula with the most amazing feel and application, a cushion compact blush. As the name says, it comes in a cushion compact and should be applied with a sponge. It has a really nice pink shade that will work in multiple skin tones. To go over the ingredients and give valuable tips on formulated cushion silky products, we are receiving Tariq Williams, Senior Chemist at Kobo US Application Lab. Hi, Tariq. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, Gabby? How, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you. It's really nice uh, to have you here today. Uh, well, thank you so much, Gabby, for having me. I'm really happy to be here today and to talk a little bit about this formulation. Well, let's get to it then. Uh, starting with the obvious that's on the name, the component uh, we are showing this formula is a cushion. And it's kind of different. So I wanted to ask you what the formula needs to have or to be to be able to use this type of packaging. Well, the Cushion Compact is a unique and innovative type of packaging that was first developed and used by the Korean brand Amori Pacific in 2008. Since then, it has taken the Western world by storm. It is very important for these types of formulations to have a very low viscosity. This allows the sponge in the compact to absorb an adequate amount of bulk during filling, but also to be able to dispense the product easily when pressure is applied. The thing is, adding pigment significantly increases the viscosity of formulation and can inhibit the absorption into the sponge. Here at Kobo, our pigment dispersion features a controlled particle size and custom treatments based on the media that the pigment is dissolved in. This allows for a smoother texture, improved spreadability, and a much lower viscosity than untreated pigments that aren't predispersed. Okay, so this next ingredient isn't featured in this formula, but it's great for achieving a high pigment load without drastically increasing the viscosity. This, this ingredient is polyhydroxysteric acid. Polyhydroxysteric acid coats the charged surface of the pigment with a non-charged carbon chain. This greatly reduces the intermolecular forces between the pigment and other ingredients in the formula. This reduction of intermolecular forces not only prevents the colorants from agglomerating, but also greatly reduces the viscosity of the formulation. Well, thank you for all the information. Uh, I don't want to touch base now on the feel of the product because I had opportunity to apply it on my skin and it feels amazing. And for our listeners that obviously, unfortunately, can't feel this product right now, uh, I'll try to describe it. It's very silky, very uh, good on spreadability, spreads nicely on the skin, blends uh, very well. So Tariq, how to achieve that particular feel? Well, this is a silicone-based formulation with phenyltrimethicone being the base oil. Silicones are renowned in the cosmetic industry for having very unique properties. They have extremely low surface tension, which gives, them, which gives them unparalleled slip, a light texture, and spreadability. Silicones are also fantastic film formers. They form semi-occlusive films that prevent moisture from escaping from the skin while still allowing moisture to be absorbed into the skin. This formulation also features a vinyl dimethicone elastomer. Elastomers are widely used in the cosmetics to provide thixotropic thickening of oil phases, in addition to having velvety and silky on-skin feel. Elastomers are one of the most important texturizers in oil-based formulations because of this unique sensory feel. The treatment that the pigment is coated with also plays a big part in the sensory feel. If you remember in the last question, I touched on polyhydroxysteric acid coatings. Well, this formula uses Kobo's patented ITT, 
which is an isopropyl titanium triacetate treatment. This treatment also lowers the viscosity of the formulation, but also gives the pigments a soft and powdery texture, which is evident in the rub out on skin. Okay, uh, since you talked about silicones, I wanna be a little controversial here right now uh, because there is a movement in the market to kind of avoid you know, the use of silicones, uh, either because companies want to be more natural and silicones are synthetic, and also because there's a shortage uh, in the market of silicones worldwide, and we have seen you know, longer lead times for silicones. So we have seen brands you know, move away from silicones. Do you think it would be possible to get the same uh, results on you know, application, feel, drying time without using silicones? Well, I'm actually really happy that you brought up this topic. Uh, this is an issue for formulators that formulators all over the world have been struggling with as of late. Uh, in my opinion, no other oil can replace silicones because of their unique properties. Uh, drying time will be easy to emulate by using oils with a low flash point, such as isododecane or dicaprolylocarbonate. However, if we were to look at the structural differences that make dimethicone different from other oils, we will understand why spreadability and texture can't easily be matched. The key here is the low surface tension that the silicones possess. This is because they have methyl groups at their surface interface, while all other oils have methylene groups at their interface. Methyl groups are known to have lower surface energy than these methylene groups. This lower surface tension directly affects the application and textures of silicones. If we can find another oil that is dominated by methyl groups rather than these methylene groups, then silicones could effectively be, effectively be replaced. But currently, to my knowledge, no such oil exists. Okay, thank you for sharing you know, your opinion on this. And hopefully in the future, uh, we're gonna see more innovation on this area and products that could you know, fully replace uh, silicones, hopefully. And if they have natural origin, even better. Uh, now, I wanna discuss a different topic, which is uh, coverage, because this you know, sometimes uh, scared me when I was you know, developing blushes. Uh, if you have, you know, a coverage that's too low, mm -hmm. uh, you may not get the same uh, effect on every skin tone. Uh, but also, if you get a coverage that's too high, it may look like, you know, have been stabbed in the face. So obviously, we do not want that. And uh, <laughs> what would be your tip to control uh, that coverage and get, you know, a perfect balance on that front? Well, Gabby, you're right. No one wants to be slapped in the face, literally or figuratively. I'm sure Chris Rock can attest to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want your blush to have an even coverage and a natural look when formulating, it is important to use a smaller particle size colorant. Also, performing multiple trials with different levels of pigments in the formula on different skin tones will also help you to find that sweet spot. In my opinion, it is important to formulate the blushes with a lower amount of colorants, but make sure that the coverage is buildable. This gives the customer the option of going for a very light look or for that heavier slap in the face coverage if they want. Yeah, I really like that tip. <laughs> really, <laughs> very useful. Uh, now I have a last question. Uh, I applied this product, as I mentioned, and I noticed some glow in the application, you know, like a dewy effect without any shine or sparkle that obviously we don't want. Uh, any tips on how to get that effect? Well, a few ingredients in this formulation help with that glowing satin finish. Uh, the first two being phenyltrimethicone and 
trimethylsiloxyphenyldimethicone. Silicones that have phenyl groups attached to them usually have a higher refractive index. This means that they will reflect more light and leave the skin with a luminous finish without looking greasy or sparkly. With that being said, phenyl-modified silicones are great solvents for glowing and dewy formulations. Uh, another ingredient that really helps to give this formulation its shine and luster is boron nitride. The particle size of boron nitride determines its effect on skin. Here we use a boron nitride with a mean particle size of 18 micrometers, which gives us a beautiful satin glow on skin. Not to mention, boron nitride is, a, is an amazing texturizer, which gives a soft and silky payoff. And finally, we have Cobomica L24, which is a mica filler with a 24 micrometer particle size. Uh, and this mica has a very thin and flat plate-like surface. This flat surface is great for, for reflecting light and offers formulations a natural sheen and luster. Well, thank you, Tarek, for participating. This was a, our last question. Uh, thank you so much for all the great uh, information and all the tips that you shared with us. I hope you can join us in the future and discuss other formulas as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening to us. If you want to know more, in the description of this episode, you will find links to the formula and literature of the ingredients we discussed. Also remember that on social media searching at Kobo products, you will find pictures and videos of this product and the application. Please check it out. This podcast has been created by the content team at Kobo Products Inc., a raw material cosmetic manufacturer and distributor specializing in 3D pigments and dispersions. To not miss any new episodes, be sure to follow us on Spotify or the platform of your choice. See you next time.